This has to this this needs to be our conversation where we try to retain our. Um, <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> like, yeah, we got we got to keep our listeners like. Why about you're telling us about this whole phone you used around. to have? <laughs> It'll take you like ten minutes to realize it's a different name. <laughs> no one's ever listening to this podcast again. Good. Good. I, 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 what I say. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, the Fast and Furious movies are not. <laughs> they're not Oscar movies. They're not true stories. I don't know if you. <laughs> now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality, and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome back to the SSEU podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. On this podcast, we talk about all of the important events of the day, such as impeachment, Iowa. Did you see where Shadow Inc. didn't even pay for the premium version? of They, they used the free version. <laughs> that was like like only like you can put it, it, like two, you just stop every 10 minutes for a commercial you could put like you could put it on like 200 devices or something like that and all they had to do was pay for the the next version up and you would have been because the people who put it on their phones they couldn't download it from the android or apple app store they had to download it from a third-party website and you know agree to allow it to be on their phone if they would have just paid like a little bit of money they would it would have been the version that was that that came through the app stores but they didn't yeah. get that version yeah it, it was limited to like 200 users simultaneously mm-hmm. or something like that something stupid ryan and chris how are you guys pretty good pretty good how are you thomas so good oh i'm doing great i Last... see i see you've got your hands on on some wo- on your wood uh, it's 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 not a wood it's it's harder than that <laughs> oh i see it's an iron gotcha yeah yeah. What is that? A uh, looks like a four iron. I'm doing great. I'm super excited about last week's download numbers for the podcast. Having JVL on really boosted it, and I figured that for this episode, we really need to maintain our newfound audience and make sure that they keep listening. So we need to provide, you know, like interesting content. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have Do you have a good topic for us to to really just? Should we have come up with interesting content? Well, I want to keep these listeners. Uh, Chris, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, for the last two days in a row, I've I've had uh, a, a cheese omelet. Uh, but before then, I've been having this this dark chocolate peanut granola from Costco. It's great. Cheese omelet? Like you? Do you make it from? How do you get up early enough to have a cheese omelet? Who's making it this? It does not take that long to make. You crack two eggs, add a little milk, um, whisk it up, put it in your pan. Okay, Flip so you're it. not making breakfast for the whole family. You're Sprinkled just like cheese. you're just like kids. Well, here's, your, here's your cereal. I'm gonna have an omelet. <laughs> right now, what Jordan is eating every day is a Eggo waffle with Nutella spread on it. So that's easy. And Isaac has frosted mini wheats uh, with milk. I'm fully frosted capable mini of... wheats is the best cereal. It's I very had good. In a long time. But the last time I had cereal, I think it was frosted mini wheats. It's not as good as dark chocolate and peanut. Granola. Could I you go, you that. Could you go to Costco and buy pre-made cheese omelets? Oh, yeah. They got them frozen. They're folded over. You just yep. throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes, and you got yourself a melted cheese omelet that tastes like... <laughs> you, you got yourself a stew. You got yourself a stew going. <laughs> oh, you guys know what I did this morning? So on my way uh, to the office early in the morning, uh, I usually stop by a Starbucks and get a, like a regular coffee or something, and... Today, I, was, I thought I was you were a tea guy. I was really tired this morning. You and made it clear that you do not do t- coffee. I do when I didn't sleep. I feel uh, like you lie to me. And so... I've offered to make you a coffee. And you I can... looked at the Starbucks like, app. like literally spit on the coffee that it brought to him. And I scrolled down the app. I usually get a chocolate croissant, but hey, they have these bacon and... No, ham and cheese croissants. Let's try one of those. Sounds good. I don't know. It's, it's fucking terrible. Like, yeah, it is, that's what I was it is, say. It is really Well, I mean, to be fair, Starbucks food is like reheated stuff. You know, you probably shouldn't be eating there. They don't make <laughs> yeah. it there? 
No, I think they just take no. it out of the freezer and no. stick it in the thing. No, they are not. They are not frying eggs. There, there are no, there are no <laughs> eggs cracked inside of a Starbucks. <laughs> there is no <laughs> chef. There is no cook. Like, have you seen the people making the coffee? They can barely, you know, figure out the difference between a splash of milk and a little bit of milk. And I, can I, they spell your name? Of course not. Which um, brings me to uh, something that I had texted to Thomas, and he didn't understand it. And that is the fact that um, the planet Scarif in Rogue One, yes, we're talking about Rogue One, the name of the planet came from Gareth Edwards visiting the Starbucks in the downstairs at Lucasfilm. And they're like, uh, what's your name? And he's like, it's Gareth. But like in English, man, sometimes a, a TH sounds like an F. It's Gareth. And um, so they wrote Scarif on, <laughs> instead of Gareth for Gareth Edwards. And so that's where the planet's name came from. I don't know how you get Scarif out of Gareth still, but... It's it's Gareth. It is it is what he said, the way that the name came about, so... I'm trying to think of what I've eaten today. Have I eaten today? Thomas, when you were growing up in Iceland back in the day, did you guys have Motorola Razor phones? I had I had a Motorola, but, you know, the first Motorola Razor was, like, the flip version, and then they came out with a second Razor that was non-flip you know it had a keypad still you know it was very thin had the screen i had that don't click the first link i sent you click the second one the second one is a depiction of the new foldable razor phone that they came out with so yeah. it's like an iphone except you could fold it but wait like, is that new or is that the old razor that this guy is just like flapping like a bird what is it's the new one with like a foldable lcd screen yeah i had the uh I had the second version of the Razer that was a it wasn't it wasn't a flip phone. It was because I was early on like hating flip phones because I had I had an LG flip phone that was like one of the cool phones. And then I was like, these Blackberries that have like full keyboards, that's the way to go. Let me look that up. Second gen Razer. Can I read a headline? Did I make this up? Was there not like a second version of the Razer that had like a keypad? I, I think you're totally it. making this up. I no, know. I swear to you, there was. I think you're oh. thinking of the droid. I love that like five hmm. years after the latest Star Wars film uh, that uh, Verizon or whomever paid a ton of money to George Lucas. <laughs> so they yeah. call Android phones droids. Same, like. Call it something else, or just like be like, sue us, you son of a bitch. You can't. Yeah, call this has nothing else. to do with R two D two. I know. Like the friggin' phone. I dare you. I dare you to come after us for the word droid. He trademarked the <laughs> word droid. He trademarked the word droid, and and Verizon paid him. Like it was something like fifteen million dollars, or or <laughs> maybe even more, to use droid. That's like how litigious he is. You gotta protect your he, trademarks. He gets mad, like if if people like say that he ripped off like um, who was that writer, the science fiction writer before him, like Isaac um, Asimov. Yeah. Well, if, he ripped off everybody. Like that's like like, like at the time he com- he like at the time he said that that was one of his influences. But if you say that now, or or when he still owned, um, you know, Star Wars. He would he would get very angry. Like if there was an article written talking about how much like Isaac Adamov uh, influenced him, he would get really angry. Damn it! I really cannot find this razor. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah, I knew it. I, I believe you. It. I had this phone. This is what it was. This is the phone. Let me share this YouTube video with you so that you guys can stop calling me a liar. So you're sharing a YouTube video of a phone. <laughs> well, so it looks like a phone. <laughs> Hold on, I haven't watched this video yet. Ow, son of a bitch! No, this is a smart. Like, this is like a contemporary. Uh, phone. But look, it it, it but says. But you could turn it retro. into retro mode. It says retro. Yeah, <laughs> retro version is the phone I had, where it looks like it has a keypad. This guy's just going in his settings. <laughs> Where are we yeah, going? I'm not seeing anything retro yet. Keep going, Razor. Oh, oh, open. there we go. Okay, okay. It it had a keypad, but it, it wasn't flip phone. Fifty five seconds into the video. <laughs> Let me get to that. There we are. That's what my phone looked like. 
I, I like how this is a YouTube video of a smartphone where someone has installed an app to make their phone a retro razor. Okay, and this is how you show us what I your wish, phone looked like. I wish I would have kept it because apparently it's an antique. We only had this we only had a few of them. This looks like a freaking razor to me. So you're saying this wasn't a flip phone? It wasn't a flip phone. There was a razor that okay. came out after the flip phone razor that wasn't a flip phone. It had a keypad. I believe you. Can I can I read a headline to you? Yes, you can. Find it. The Arctic's thawing permafrost is releasing a shocking amount of dangerous gases. If that doesn't make you think of farts, then <laughs> you're a bad person. The Arctic like, is. If you can't turn that into a fart joke, then you're the, a miserable the, human being. Oh, Don't eat the brown eyes, it's guys. It's called the sliver. Ah, uh, yes, I do actually remember that name. It wasn't the yeah. razor. It was the sliver, S-L-V-R, rather than R-A-Z-R. <laughs> That's right. It, uh, I had the Motorola sliver. So you were wrong all this time? No, it, I'm right. It was, a, <laughs> it was a Motorola phone. Here, I'll send it to you. Tell me that's not a razor. Can just you not. please send me a YouTube video of the sliver? <laughs> you know, I'll try to find one. I don't know if we have... You can buy one right now for $8.69. I do remember the sliver because, yeah, like it, it had the the, the yeah. keyboard that looked the same, but it had like a bigger screen and it wasn't a stupid flip. It wasn't a flip. Phone. Now, yeah. did it also flip open? On no, hands? it didn't no. have that. It didn't have that keypad that like I never it had one of those. It looks thick enough to. <laughs> Yeah, I remember it being really thin, but it doesn't look very thin at all. Uh, I never had one of those ones, the, the drop-down keyboard that you could, like, turn it sideways. Because I had, I had a Nokia, like the old-style Nokia that had the Snake game on it. And then I think my next phone after that was, it was an LG flip phone. It was, an, what was it? It was, an, it was one of the... It was one of the first like cool LG flip phones that people thought were cool. And I hated it because it was a flip phone. Because that was when I was driving. I was like in the summer uh, in between college when I was like l- working for Coke. And I was like driving trailers around all day. And I hated like driving and texting with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, I have news for you. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> That's a good story. I hated driving and texting with that phone. It just really made it hazardous. I'm never getting that phone again. <laughs> it was totally unsafe. Driving and texting with that phone. Zero, so hard. You had to zero it open. stars. <laughs> All right. So seriously, this was by far remains my favorite phone that I've ever had. It was a Samsung flip phone, but it flipped two ways. So it could flip open one way to call... But then it would flip open sideways to reveal a really nice and compact keyboard. I loved it, and it was thin. It's the best See, phone I I've ever had. If those were good, I never. Right. So, I... so 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 it goes sideways and down. No, like how do you slide flip? What do you do with it? No, both ways. Like here we this? are. Yeah, this just. Do you LG see the picture? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking up at the, the multiple. So you can flip it up as a this flip phone, or you close it and then you flip it up oh. the other way. And and um, how the fuck did that stay together? Like you didn't it break did. it immediately. I did not. It was such a freaking great phone. I love that thing. Yeah, it was great. That breakfast conversation is like the best <laughs> troll of our audience ever. Like it's even better than the cell phone Look, one. If they don't, if they don't want to listen to us talk about breakfast, then I don't want them listening. <laughs> I realize that we, you know, maybe there's a few new people that added us, you know, sub- subscribed because JVL was on last week. Well, I want them to know what kind of podcast this really is. <laughs> you know, the Blank Check podcast on their Patreon released an episode of just them reacting, reacting to the trailer, the F9 yeah. <laughs> trailer. I listened to it too, and I've never even seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> and, it was, and it was just to be like, ah! 
Han's yeah, alive, was, and I'm like, I don't know who Han is, but yeah, I was like, who the hell is Han? And they were like, Han is back. I, okay, and yeah, it was more entertaining than it probably any of the movies were. Yeah, definitely. Chris, I, I believe that you have a hot Super Bowl take. Lukewarm, cold, slightly chilled. Looks like he has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Trying to remember the text conversation we had six days ago when I said I want to talk about the Super Bowl. It's, I do remember that you said you want to talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Was it the halftime show or the actual game you wanted to do? I watched part of the second quarter, so I'm ready to talk about it. So here's here's my question: Is I'm texting you guys during the Super Bowl, and and you could you act couldn't act less interested in it. What is wrong with you? Are you not Americans? I don't know. I just I guess I don't care about football at all anymore. I thought it was just NCAA football, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't think I like football anymore. Um, yes. I mean, there's no Brady, there's no Mannings, there's no um, who are the other great quarterbacks uh, besides Rodgers, who I never liked. I'm trying to think of an obscure Colts quarterback to name, but I can't think of a Jacoby Brissett, their current starter. Yeah, he played for the Patriots. He's not obscure. uh, Great quarterbacks like Andrew Luck. Who? He was such a great quarterback. He had a great neck beard. He got out. He got out at the right time. Although I think they might have made the playoffs if he would have played this year. So here's my hot take: is that San Francisco's defense is amazing. Uh, it, it's pretty remarkable to have a, f- a front four that on defense that dominant that could provide pressure all game. It's it's interesting that in the fourth quarter they weren't able to provide pressure. But man, like it's funny that their defensive coordinator is such a hot prospect for for head coaching jobs when like. He doesn't do anything. Like they, like they rely on these nu- number one draft picks uh, on the defensive line. Like all he does is sit back with seven man uh, zone and and rush four, and they get all the pressure they need almost the entire game. Uh, Mahomes had almost no. That's why Mahomes stunk for three quarters. It's because he had no clean pockets. Uh, so I love a clean pocket. Got gotta love the hot pocket, lean pocket, clean pocket. Um, so, so I was just, I was amazed by how good that defense is, uh, Richard Sherman's old. Um, and so he, like he has made, wait a second, Richard Sherman is on the 49ers. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he's not that old, but like, he's not the corner. He he was on, he was on the Seahawks for like 20 years, right? At least. No, he's probably like 31. If that. All right, you got to stay in the Hang same on. part of the country. I'm I'm bigging it. I seriously had no idea that Richard Sherman was still playing football. He, he is 31 years old. I I he's 31 years old. Hit the nail on the head. But uh, he just sits in zone coverage. He doesn't do like he still thinks he's a great corner, but like he doesn't even do like they do sides. So he stays he stays on his side. He, like if they're if they run the receiver in motion, he doesn't even. Go with so that. he doesn't just take the best guy. He nope. He takes he just one takes side whoever comes to his side. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's thirty-one. What do you expect? Was it a good game? I thought it was a great game. Which is, I was scratching my Holy head at, at GPL saying it was a bad game. So guess how much? Guess how old Marshawn Lynch is? Because he came up after I googled Richard. This is Sherman. gonna be this is gonna be a great segment. Guess how old Marshawn Lynch is? Thirty-two. Thirty-three. In my mind, he's like forty-nine. <laughs> Ryan. Guess yeah. how old Jacoby Brissett is? Uh, 27. That's a pretty good guess. I bet he's younger, though. Jacoby Brissett. We uh, are. 27. On the dot. On the dot. Man, we're, like, we should just do this the rest of the podcast. Just, like, <laughs> just guess. guess Let's just guess, guess random people's names. Guess how old least there are. Anytime. Uh, 46. No, 42, I say. 49. Tom, you want in on this? No, she's not in her thirties. There's no one. Insane. She was thirty nine and range. She's forty four. Oh, what did I say? Forty six? I have no idea. <laughs> so I think JVL's wrong when he says it wasn't a good game. I, I thought it was a great game. Uh, we had a tremendous fourth quarter comeback by a team that was down ten. Um, the game seemed out of reach, especially when um, was there an interception? There was a turnover of some sort where with like 10 minutes left or something, the 49ers posed as a defense in the end zone, like for a picture, you know, how they do that. There's like team celebrations now. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Holy cow. Like 
um, the Chiefs need two scores even to just tie the game. Um, and so uh, I thought it was a fantastic game. And, of course, the halftime, um, very controversial for some reason. Like, I I guess it's the first time anyone's ever seen sex with rock and roll. Like, or I guess it's not rock and roll, but, like... That's probably the first time J-Lo and Shakira has been described as rock and roll. But go on. But, okay, but, like, female artists um, dancing suggestively, I guess... That's just too much in 2019, oh, 2020. Yeah. yeah. People people freak the fuck out about that. I mean, there was it, a it, lot of people very upset that there were the, the Shakira was doing what Shakira's done her entire career. Right. I I have to believe that I I'm almost certain that this was a tame version of their normal concerts mm-hmm. and people were like this was pornography. I I do have to say I I I did appreciate the on-brand part where uh, J-Lo was dancing and she turned her back on the crowd and the guy who was singing next to her pointed at the spot, pointed like to the point where the poop comes out. It was very educational and it was very on-brand for our podcast. Okay, so... Did you guys see this? I, I, I saw the screenshot that you took of it, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So anyway, sp- speaking of on-brand, guys, uh, BL picked The Martian... As a top movie, and and of course I hadn't seen it. Um, I, I've I've shared before that um, just being a parent, uh, my daughter was born in 2010, and since 2010, I haven't had a lot of what you call me time. Um, and uh, so I haven't seen a lot of movies since then. So I, I missed The Martian, but this week I watched it, and well. It was phenomenal. It's great. It's everything JVL said it was. It's it's great in so many ways. It, it every single one of my four quadrants. It ranks very highly. But guys, do you know what was best about it? Were there toilets? Yeah, the astronaut toilet. It labels their poop, and there was poop jokes. So like, so he, like he, he takes he a poop. Talked about the person. Yeah. Who, was it like Johansson? He was like he's talking about like Johansson's really poop was worse than everybody else's. <laughs> and so so context um, for those who haven't seen the movie, uh, for those who may have young kids, because uh, if you haven't seen it, you should find the time. It's you a very entertaining movie. It, like, whatever yeah. you think it, it is, um, it's probably not what you expect. It's, it's very entertaining. Um, but he's on Mars. He's stuck there. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, he's a botanist, and so he realizes he has to grow food. And so he, uh, on a place where there's, like, no organic matter. He goes no to goes to the to um and, and like their poop is packaged. So every time someone takes a poop, freeze dried. It's it's like individually freeze dried and labeled by the person who pooped. <laughs> that was the best. And like so, when you went to the bathroom, like you'd select your name, and it would label your poop. Which I'm sure astronauts, being the pranksters that they are, they'd like. Hey, I'm gonna like label my poop, with, you know, <laughs> Johansson or whatever. Um, but yeah, so so he like stuffs like earplugs up his nose as he's like adding water to these freeze dried poops, opening them up and putting them in in the, the Martian soil and trying to grow potatoes. And yeah, he grimaces at Johansson's poop because I guess Johansson had the worst smelling poop. <laughs> and so and it was great. Johansson was that. Um... That woman who was killed on House of Cards in the first season. What's her name? What's that actress's name? One of the... Uh... She's the journalist in House of Cards? Yes. Well, I haven't seen House of Cards, so thanks for letting me know that she was killed. It's mm. okay. You don't have... To, it's you garbage to anyway. It. Uh, I'm looking forward to the later seasons with Christopher Plummer. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, JBL's ranking, a friend of the show, Tyler, uh, had a correction... Uh, Sherlock Holmes, which JVL put on his list, came out in 2009. So this he is the meant, biggest cheat. Both of them. This is the biggest cheat since Sonny went with the anything king size on the Halloween candy draft. <laughs> he just wanted to put the Guy Ritchie movie on there. Yeah, it, pretty much. It's fine. I mean, the second one, I, I don't, I didn't care for either. Sorry, Erica, I didn't care for either um, Sherlock Holmes, but um, the second one does have uh, what's his face, that actor who. Plays uh plays the king in the crown, and um he's on Mad Men. Uh, he plays Moriarty, I think, right? 
Yeah. Andrew What's Scott? his name? Is that his name? He's great. He, he's, I, he's, that's who did the 1917 quote last week. That's who I quoted in 1917 okay. last okay. week. I, I guess I don't Is he in Chernobyl? I haven't seen Chernobyl yet. No, he's, he's not, not in Chernobyl. Chernobyl. He's right. the guy who hangs himself in Mad Men? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, 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 that's not Andrew Scott. That's, um... Yeah. yeah, so Andrew Scott is Moriarty in the TV show. Yeah. I haven't... I don't think I've seen the second Sherlock Holmes movie. Jared Harris. Yeah, Jared Harris. He's great. He's great. He's in the second uh, Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, he's the antagonist. Or he's oh. Moriarty. Makes me want to see it, then. Because he's really good. He's, <clears throat> like, it's not a good movie, but he's delightful as the villain. Last week, while Chris was was watching Super Bowls and having his car repaired, I decided to head to the Phoenix Open. And I must say that this is one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. It was amazing. So on Thursday of whoa, last whoa, whoa, week... Wait, wait, time out. I thought you said it was the Waste Management Open. That is the corporate sponsor, yes, if you want to be a slave to capitalism. And well, you called it the Phoenix Open. Yes. Let's just, I think it was the just, Waste Management Phoenix Open. Because that, that's the full name, yes. They is wanted the, people is to it know. That or is, it the were, the, is it the Phoenix Waste Management Open? No. I think the Phoenix the Waste, waste Management, management Waste Phoenix Management Open. Phoenix Open. The Waste uh, Phoenix Management Open. Anyway, so on Thursday morning... Uh, what were the porta potties like there? <laughs> on Thursday morning, uh, I was working away at home. Answer the question. On Thursday morning, I was working away at home, and uh, suddenly a friend of mine texts me around like nine thirty or. So. He's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm working from home. Uh, do you want to go to the the Phoenix Open?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do. Let's go." So I jump into the shower. I take a quick shower, jump into the car, drive over to Scottsdale go to his office where one of his contractors has given him two passes to the Phoenix Open. And we go there and we show up and we get in, get in line together with all the other peasants. And the Phoenix Open, even though this was Thursday, the lines are insane. They're, it's a it, big tournament. Like it, People love this tournament. There's a the, lot of ways to manage at that tournament. For the duration of the week, uh, and it's mainly Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they have almost 800,000 people. Uh, so it's a big event. We go through security, we get in there, and we, we have these passes, which are supposed to give us like some free food or something like that. And we're like, oh, Greenskeeper. Okay, where do we find that? So we follow the signs, and then we find a place. Well, they put you to work. <laughs> it's a fantasy camp experience. <laughs> Greenskeepers. <laughs> is this area along the water across from the 18th hole you have to scan your pass to get in once you get in you realize that this is where all the wealthy people are because the food is free there are free drinks there are djs there the people are like sunbay it's like a big freaking party and it's amazing i was so hammered already by 1 p.m because i just kept knocking back free drinks it was so great. So what did they have to drink? Something like anything he wanted. Anything. They so had like a full, a full bar, you'd be like, I'll take, like you could call your brand, like they had good stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, they only had like I'll take a brands. horseshoe's undercarriage. They, they only had certain brands <laughs> like tequila, vodka, whiskey, whatever, okay, but they had so everything. They'd do like knockoff Moscow mules, like, like they do like St. Petersburg mules. I don't know. It was, they had uh, kettle vodka. It's pretty decent. It's okay. Speaking of vodka, Ryan, uh, that's your spirit of the night, right? Yeah. I um, let me interrupt uh, the golf story for a minute. To I, uh, JVL recommended a book called Night Soldiers, which is about spies during World War II. Involved a lot of Russian spies and American spies and people going back and forth. There's a lot of uh, switching back and forth and changing positions and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then after that, I watched the game. Of, uh, I watched Bridge of Spies last night, so I decided to get a. I decided I really was like in the mood for a good Russian vodka, so I bought one today. Nice. Um, What's it called? Rika. That sounds Russian to me. I'm pretty sure that's Icelandic. Can, can you look at the bottle? What does it say, Ryan? It says 
Icelandic uh, imported from Iceland. <laughs> Sounds Russian uh, to me. I mean, Russian. It's Rikers. <clears throat> I just went in there in the store. It was in the middle price range, and Rikers yeah. sounded like an awfully Russian word to me. So I like how not. you go in there to get a Russian vodka, which Russians make a lot of, which the ch- shelves are full of. You got no, no, no. You would be shocked. You go into a liquor store in Texas. Ninety percent of it is vodka made in Texas. Like I couldn't, I oh. couldn't get away oh. from. Any, it was all so they don't have all I I was made in Texas, made in Texas, made in Texas, and I was like, son of a bitch. And then I saw Rika, and I was like, oh, that's you know, that that's close enough. That's not made in Texas. That's not Gary Zambrados. Let's go with that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, most of the you go into a liquor store in Texas, most of the vodka you will see is made in texas which i did not want it, that there was no texas in in the book or the movie okay yeah. so, so so to switch positions oh, oh sorry um you also saying you watched bridge of spies which you love did you want to say anything else about that bridge of spies i mean i've seen it before but i was reminded of how great it is i mean mark rylance uh, did you count the bridges in the movie no, but I counted the spies. <laughs> so, Bridge of Spies is the first movie where I actually noticed or pay attention to Mark Rylance. I don't really know if he had been in too many big parts before that, but it's the first movie I saw him in. And he was so good. I was like, yeah. why haven't I seen But he's primarily like a stage theater actor, or he used to be yeah, before Bridge of Spies, right? Bridge of Spies, I think so, yeah. And then... And then obviously he's in Dunkirk after this. Yeah, I mean he's really great. I, I yeah, I'm the same. I don't know if I ever noticed him in anything before Bridge of Spies either. So I guess he's in the BFG, which every time I see that title, I don't think the big friendly giant. I think <laughs> the big effing giant. <laughs> so I think there's something wrong with my brain. So, so anyway, in, what does he play in that? I think he that's, plays the that's titular giant, isn't it? He's the giant, yeah. Oh, okay. I've never seen it. Uh, but so to, so, so to, to switch positions back to Thomas's story, he's he's telling us about. So what what were you drinking on the course? I was drinking uh, whiskey and ginger ale. I'm sure every Kentuckian slugger would uh, approve of that combination. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was great. And then at some point, so we, we, we were at the Greenskeeper, which was this private area. Then we walked around a little bit because we wanted to see the plebs and what they were doing. And then we, then we came back. But we Did were... Did you let them all know that you had seats? <laughs> well, I mean, we had our armbands and the passes prominently sp- displayed on our... Like, so you had your SS you armbands on the one hand and then... We decided at some point during the day, we were like, so these tickets, like how much are they? And we uh, went online and tried to figure out how much this contractor might have paid for this. I assume for like PR reasons. I'm sure that every company in Phoenix has a budget just dedicated to the Phoenix Open. They are, for the entire week, you will get four wristbands for $4.2,000. I think it's important to note that the Phoenix Open isn't necessarily all that much about golf. Like 85, 90% of the people who are there wouldn't even know how to swing a club or they might be able to name two players on the PGA Tour. They're just there to have a really, really good time. Which and we all know can be had watching golf. I would go to a PGA Tour event. I mean, I would go to the Masters like in a heartbeat. Chris, would you go to the Masters? Oh, in a heartbeat. Okay, moving on. Uh, and, quick- and, well, yada, yada, yada. Thomas yeah, can't take his hands off of his golf club. He's literally been handling the golf club, the entire his golf club, the entire podcast. So moving on, I mentioned that I have a quiz for you guys, and so this episode is actually the Ryan Kinney appreciation episode. We we want Ryan to know how much we appreciate him, uh, and how much we appreciate him as a co-host. How he is the acclaimed funny man of the SSEU. So since Ryan is the acclaimed funny man of the SSEU, I have created a quiz about comedians. Do do you want to play, Chris, or should this just be to test Ryan's knowledge? Oh, I want to play. Okay. So if you know the answer to the question, you shout out the other person's name, 
and yeah. we will uh, move to getting an answer. Chris, are you ready? Yes. Ryan, are you ready? Yes. Let's say yes. Okay. Question one. Which was the first year of Saturday Night Live? Ryan. Cool. Okay. Chris? I have no idea. 1972. Uh, uh, Chris. Ryan, go on. 1975. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, I read Holy the Saturday God. Night Live book. Saturday Night Live premiered in 1975 and is somehow still on the air. What do you mean somehow? It's still funny. Okay, question number two. Who had the first Netflix original stand-up special? Oh, boy. Yeah. No. Do you want a year? Would that help? First. Sure, yeah, that would be helpful. 2012. Chris? Okay, Ryan? Mike Birbiglia? Mm-mm. Eh. Chris, do you have a guess? Uh, yeah, I, w- I want to take a guess. Um, what the hell was it? 2012. Oh, That's a was while it? ago. Was it? Do you have a guess, Chris? Yeah, I have a guess. Go I on. A guess. I was kind of hoping Ryan would kind of <laughs> share his next guess first. <laughs> JG. No. Jonah Goldberg, yes. <laughs> yeah. Was it Jonah Goldberg? The yeah. correct Correct answer is Bill Burr. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't know he was first. Good. That's cool. Good for him. Yeah. And now he's in a Star Wars thing. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, since the Academy Awards, the Oscars Awards are uh, up here, uh, Robin Williams was nominated four times for an Academy Award. Can you name the movies that earned him the nomination? Ryan. All four? Ryan. Go go on, Chris. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, Dead Poet Society. Yeah, sounds right. Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what would be the fourth one? I think the fourth one here is the most obscure. It's the one where he played like a photographer, like a serial killer photographer, oh, right? Um, Whoever one gets one hour photo. Ryan, yeah, do you have a guess for the last one? Ryan, you set me up! <laughs> That's what I would... Or, uh, no, what dreams may come? No! Incorrect! The what last one is The Fisher King. What? I've never seen that one. I've not either. I haven't either. So, but yeah, he was nominated for it. He it, only has... It wasn't toys? <laughs> he mm-hmm. only has one win, which, of course, was for Goodwill Hunting. Uh... Which comedian did then-governor George Pataki posthumously pardon in 2003? Uh, Ryan. Go on, Chris. Um, George Carlin? No, 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 no. Come on, fast, hurry up. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lenny Bruce? Yes, that is correct. Yes! Uh, it was the first uh, posthumous pardon in New York State history. Uh, Lenny Bruce, of course, we all know from appearing on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say from uh, It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, the last question. We all know that Ellen DeGeneres is one of the most successful comedians of all time. <laughs> coming out as lesbian during her stint on Ellen in 1998. She actually came out on the Oprah Winfrey show in real life and then to a therapist on the show played by Oprah. Anyway, what is the name of Ellen's wife? Ryan. Chris. Portia, Portia de Rossi. Rossi. I win. Uh, yes! You're stupid, Thomas. If you watched Arrested Development, you would know that we both know that. How are you supposed Ellen isn't on that show. How are you supposed to know? Portia de Rossi is on that show. Yeah, but Ellen isn't. Anyway, Chris wins. Congratulations. Thank you. I said it first. What are you talking no, about? No, you didn't. Uh, Go back you... to the tape. Yeah, check the tape. Okay, let's play the tape back right now. What is the name of Ellen's wife? Ryan. Chris. Portia, Portia de Rossi. Rossi. See, Ryan, you lose. 
The, what was the show that Portia Jurassic was on after Arrested Development? That was really funny too. Well, she was great on that show. Um, there was only one season. Scandal? Let me look it up. Uh, it was really Chris. You would really like that show. Um, I cannot even picture it. She was the star of it. Better off Ted. Better off. Better off Ted. Better off she Ted. She wasn't on that show, was she? Yes. I've, I've never even heard. Oh of this yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That, that had more than one season. It was re- Better off Ted. Lost. Was really funny. It only got two seasons, apparently. Okay. Two seasons. There you go. Even better. Two it seasons. Fine. One I thought. It was yeah. not fine. It was good. It was fine. Yeah. No, I was trying to think of uh, questions earlier today for the quiz, and I was like, I wonder who had the first Netflix special, and it was Bill Burr. Comedy yeah, specials. He's, he's, I'm always shocked at the amount of money people get for a comedy special. He's doing okay. Yeah. But I guess that's a thing. That's a thing that Netflix is doing. Like they're trying to build a library of these things, right? Yeah. So they're so they just, just shoveling money. money out the door. Like, there's no I, I, way that that's worth the amount of money they pay. There's no way that it's like for for one for one comedy special for like a sixty minute sixty minutes of content. Like, no, no, like. Can you imagine if if they spent fifty million on per like episode of television? Well, <laughs> I guess that show with uh, Henry Cavill is supposed to be like the most expensive show ever. What show the is that? The Witcher. The Witcher. Oh, I have no interest in that, and I'm a video game person. Well, that's just that's- it. Is like I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's built on existing IP. That's interesting, and then I find out like. <laughs> I guess there are books too, but I'm like, there, it's based there. on a video game. <laughs> so I watched it because I was curious about all the fuss. It's not very good. Thomas, did you ever play games from uh, Kurt Schilling's game studio? I have no idea what this is a reference to. Like it's it's a reference to the fact that uh, no Nazi sympathizer and like like doesn't he own like Nazi regalia or something or memorabilia something like that and he yeah he had a video game company for a while that went bankrupt yeah did you ever like see the trailer for that star wars game which one the one that had the really cool trailer that never really got made Um, oh uh you mean a fallen order fallen uh well that got made no oh that that didn't get made no, it has a really cool trailer too. I read a book about video game development, and it uh, it talked about this game. Banging it. What was it called? It wasn't Star the trailer. Thirteen thirteen. Thirteen thirteen. Yeah, the trailer for that looks really cool, but it uh, there was so much going on with. Uh, well, you, you know, I could make a trailer for this podcast that also sounds really cool. Doesn't mean it's good. This podcast is great. Speaking of. Great. Um, did I tell you guys that? Um, so I'm going to take my car in tomorrow for its ninety thousand. Wait, uh, Chris. Pickup. Chris, yeah. can we do a, a different transition for that? Because I'm going to cut most of the game stuff. <laughs> sure. I was just going to tell a really boring story. Uh, ninety thousand yeah, uh, mile checkup. Right. You're going to uh, you're going to switch my transmission fluid, brake fluid. Um. They really they they said they were gonna rotate and balance the tires, but they actually don't need to do that because, as you know, I just got snow tires. Mm. So they've been they don't need rotation. They, they balanced them when balancing. they put the snow tires on. It, they did. They did. It, mm. it may need alignment, um, but then I'm also gonna get a timing belt. That's a thing that happens. Oh, and and a cabin filter. So they're gonna do all that for. Uh, Is for it my a fans. timing belt or a timing chain? It's timing belt. Timing chains don't need to be replaced. So our car has a has a timing chain. Uh, the van has a timing belt. Speaking Alrighty. of uh, fast cars and drivers, uh, how did you like Ken Miles? I liked it a lot. Isn't it great? 4B Ferrari is a great movie, and I will stand by that. Yeah, well, and, and based on your your guys' recommendation, uh, I, I probably enjoyed it more than I I maybe would have. Otherwise, uh, I, I disagreed again with JVL. Um, he didn't like the casting of Henry Ford, and like I thought that was great casting uh, and really good acting. Like he seemed like this like kind of 
I guess I don't know that much about Henry Ford II, but he seemed like kind of like a uh, an heir who hadn't built the empire and is a little bit insecure about his legacy as uh, as far as what his dad built. Um, had kind of uh, inherited this thing. Uh, it was definitely like a criticism uh, send up. It's interesting, like. I can't decide if the movie is is insulting to Ford or praising of Ford. So it's insulting of the Ford culture of like cars built by committee. Like when Ken Miles went in and criticized the Mustang for being lame at the premiere of the Must Ford Mustang. I love that scene there. That scene. Yes, it's, it's great. It's great. So is that insulting of Ford or at the end the Ford did beat Ferrari? Is that um, a vindication of Ford? Uh, I don't think it's either. I think it's just... I, I don't know. I mean, they, they do win in the end. Like, sort of, it is it is a bit of a hurrah, Americans can do it kind of movie in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I could watch Matt Damon chew gum all day. <laughs> I think the fight scene between Matt Damon and... Uh, b- between Carol Shelby and, and Ken Miles was phenomenal like it and so i went back and listened to the sub beacon episode and so the things they were right about is that that fight scene was just incredibly comic and yep. and mm-hmm. part of it is is what i said about what makes physical comedy funny is that it just it's so shocking to you physical comedy like of, of like just punching like when he punches matt damon right in the face you yeah. don't expect it yeah. and it's just hilarious and and it reminds me kind of of the fight between uh, Michael Bluth and Joe Bluth. Yeah, um, that's what I thought it, too. it was just very funny. Um, so th- that whole scene was great. Um, right. So, so I, I, will, I will even make a claim. I, I think it's even more of a pro-Ford, pro-American movie because the first thing that you see in the movie is Carol Shelby winning Le Mans, Le Mans in yeah. 1959. Yeah. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then uh, he has that heart condition, and he can't. Right. And, and the, I love how uh, just storytelling, like it's hard. I think we had this conversation that it's hard to make a good movie. Ryan, did you say that via text of just like a great director who made a terrible movie, and you're like, is it just that it's hard to make a good movie? I, I think it's hard. I think I was actually talking about The Dark Knight Rises and how the first two thirds <laughs> yeah. of The Dark yeah. Knight Rises. There's just so much bad with it, and then the last, the 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 last act of the Dark Knight Rise is really great, and I'm just like, did something happen, or is it just really hard to make a great movie? Because the first two thirds of that movie just are just weird. It just doesn't even seem like it's in the same. Because it can be really hard to tell a story. It can be hard to do exposition. So, like, it could be it can be clumsy and stupid sometimes. Where, like, to illustrate that someone has a health problem, you just have them like pull out a, a pill bottle at random times and just like swallow pills without water, right? <laughs> He's just like dumping it, pills into his mouth. Yeah, they're, they're not like counting out pills. Right. It's just like just dip your head back and like s- swallow a random amount of pills, and that indicates like, oh man, like this guy's stressed out. He like. He really needs like heart medicine or something. That's, that's how heart medicine works. You just <laughs> once you get a mouthful of it. Just... So, so, so I, I've talked about Ford v Ferrari previously on this podcast, so I, I, I won't go on forever. I just think that Christian Bale is so like, he is so good at like every scene where Ken Miles appears in and you just wait for what he's going to do or say or what he's going to do and say. Like, it's so good do do you agree chris oh absolutely and and what they said on the sub beacon was just like um just how like his face was kind of like play-doh just like just contorting it and like wrinkles and just the way like the expressiveness of his face was amazing and uh, i think ryan was the one who kind of talked about how uh matt damon just kind of recognized that like Christian Bale is going to do all like all the overacting, not overacting, but just like like he, the, get, he gets all the the fun stuff to do. Right. And Christian Bale uh, and Matt Damon, it, to me, it just seemed like Matt Damon just realized, okay, he's yeah, he's he's he he gets to have a good time. Like I got to be here to like you know kind of ground this in reality, you know, in reality a little bit more, and just kind of like I think I I think an actor who wasn't 
as secure as Matt Damon probably would have tried to be as big as Christian Bale and it would have just seemed silly, but it didn't seem silly because Matt Damon was seemed more realistic. I think that's absolutely right. And, and so instead we get to just watch him just like kind of coolly chew gum and wear a cowboy hat and (laughs) it just, it just worked. And yeah. And, and, and what I liked about it. So I'm not a car guy. Um, and I'm definitely not a racing guy. Like racing is kind of dumb, and I'll get to that in a second. But um, the, the the way that they showed the development of the car, I thought was really cool. Um, and it reminded me um, as Christian Bale is like doing laps and like talking about the deficiencies of the car and things that need to be um, uh, fixed or 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 improved. It rem- what it made me think of. Um, is uh, reading the Horatio Hornblower novels, which are some of the best novels I've ever read. Um, I would recommend them to anybody. Um, I'm not really all that interested in in um, you know 19th century kind of Napoleonic War uh, naval strategy, but as you read those novels, the way that he narrates the naval battles and and just tactics makes you f- like without being overly didactic, it makes you feel like you understand. Um, but also it's not like over, overly simplistic. So he uses nautical terms and, and kind of these, these terms that you'd use, uh, in, in describing naval warfare and you feel like you understand it. And, uh, I feel like that's kind of the same way in the movie is that like, you kind of nod along like, yeah, like I'm not a car guy, but like, oh yeah, yeah. Like totally need to, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like strengthen the chassis and like, yeah. Um, do you guys, do you guys agree? Um, the way that they kind of made you yeah, a part of the I, in that way? I'm the same as you. Like, I don't care about cars or racing at all, but yeah, I felt like, yeah, I felt like they pulled me along for, yeah, I, I, so so that's why. So I'm I'm sort of into racing. I I don't know too much all too much about the technical side of it or really about like cars in general. But I like like racing. I sort of follow Formula One and so on. But I wonder what someone who is really truly a car nut. I wonder okay. what I wonder what they think about this movie. I wonder if they think that it is yeah. too like superficial and basic, or well, if I they just who cares or, what they think because car nuts are terrible people (laughs) well and it's like well like like no person who is uh you know the one percent of like knowledge and interest in something should criticize a movie that's made for the masses because it's like it makes the masses interested in your thing so just be happy right yeah so but like there's that great scene um where uh matt damon brings christian bale the um like Ford's whatever car it is. Is it the GT or whatever? And he's like, you know, try this out. And like, it's not clear what's happening. Christian Bale gets in the car, drives it around and he gets out and he's like, holy shit. And you're just like, what's he going to say? And he's like, that car is terrible. You know, (laughs) like, you know, part of you expect him to be like, oh, that's great. Like, wow, I'm glad you put all this work in. Um, But no, it's like, no, that car is terrible. And and so they go to work at, at improving it in, in all sorts of fashions. But what I was going to say about racing being stupid is – so Go on, they, Chris, talk be about, they talk about this record lap and uh, you know three minutes and some seconds at, at um, Le Mans. At, at Le Mans. Uh, but it's like does that even matter when it's a 24-hour race when <laughs> like you literally as a racer get out of the car and take a nap while someone else drives the car for you? I mean, the whole idea of a of a twenty four hour race is is it's kind of dumb, right? Why is it Why is it dumb? It it is a true test of stamina and endurance of the car that you are driving. One other weird detail is um, they talked about early, you know, in the movie about um, removing entire components and wondering if it was legal, and then they dropped it. And I'm like, oh my! Like in my mind, I'm like, they better come back to this. They and, the, and then I'm like. They didn't come back to it, and then, like late, late, late in the race, they go and they replace the whole braking system, and like that would have like really bugged my brain had they <laughs> like talked about this thing and then not paid off. Uh, do, do you remember them talking about the, the yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the, the, the French Matt guy Damon kind of yells at the French guy, and yeah, then he's yeah. like, "All right, replace the replace the whole braking system." A, a fact, and then a question. So, uh, in Sweden, uh, it is actually titled Le Mans '66, not Ford v Ferrari. Uh, second thing: Are you James Mangold fans? I think I do like James Mangold. I think I looked this up while I was watching it. So uh, his previous his... two ti- his previous two titles that I have seen are the remake of 310 to Yuma and Logan the Wolverine. Those are the two I've seen previously. Yeah, that's right. And I, I do like both of those. Um, it seemed kind of a weird... He has kind of a weird... Uh, Walk the Line is good. I th- Wait, Ryan, you told me you're a big fan of Kate and Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we... Kate and Leopold. Oh, no, I've never seen that. Um... I thought you were going to – for a second, it's I thought you meant – Meg Trist- Ryan, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I thought you meant Tristan and his old, which we actually – Rose and I actually saw. <laughs> I've, s- I've seen that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's – like Copland is his first like big movie that's like a success. And then I think 99- when Ona Ryder got a and then nomination for Girl Interrupted, right? Girl Interrupted. And then Kate and Leopold, then Identity, which we saw that in the theater too, which was weird. That's the one with John Cusack, where all these people, oh, I see like that, a, like a train station, and somehow they're all like connected to each other. John Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Pete, John Hawks, uh, Alfred Molina, <laughs> and then Three Ten to Yuma. Night and Day is good, which is a Tom Cruise. Huh movie tom cruise cameron diaz it's entertaining it's fun but it's not like it just like i like you, you can't see like a connection between like all of his movies then he goes to the wolverine then logan then 4v ferrari like none of his movies have like any kind of um through line they're all just I will tell you, uh, peter suderman suderman on uh, across the movie aisle he loves James Mangold. He he was praising his entire oeuvre of movies. Well, I mean, he's made a lot of good... I mean, Copland is a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do know that it's good. I've, I've seen it. Um, Night and Day is fun. I mean, it's a fun, silly, spy, Tom Cruise-ish... You know, it's kind of like a, a funny Mission Impossible movie. Wasn't it JVL that said that that was like the end of Tom Cruise's movie star? That may have been on the Ford v. Ferrari episode that I just listened to. Because, like, they made this movie with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz kind of at the height of their powers and didn't know how to market it. And I think it was a bit of a a box office bomb. Yeah, I don't think it did very well. Um, That's what he meant by – he didn't mean it as, like – he didn't make good movies, but, like – that was the end of him as like opening a movie, maybe. Uh, so, so from Ford v Ferrari, I figured that we should transition to another movie that is universally loved by us here on the podcast. Uh, Chris, can you tell us how you feel about Burn Off the Reading? <laughs> I forking hate that movie. Why do you hate it? I <sighs> I like Burn After Reading. I, it's I think- Reading is a really good movie, and I don't think I'm the only one. Um, so I know Sonny likes it three times. I, I and Sonny entered the mega thread. Interestingly, like to to stick up for it. Um, yeah, I I really dislike it, and I I don't think it was well reviewed um, at the time. Um, I, I wish there were a way for us to find out. What do you mean it wasn't well reviewed? It's how, I like. Critics I'm gonna look general, it up right now. I guarantee you, it's above seventy percent. I, I wish there yeah. were. Oh, it's definitely not above seventy percent. Yeah. Okay. After reading, seventy-eight percent, motherfucker. Sixty-five percent by audiences. Seventy-eight percent critics. Is that good? Yes, it's very good. That's pretty good. It's. I mean, it's directed by Joel Cohen. I. Oh, I know. It's. It's, it's such a disappointment because it's it's, it's stacked are, with great you're actors. You're disappointing me right now. I hate that movie so much. It it's such a disappointment to me. Why? John Malkovich is funny in it. it. Brad Pitt is funny in it. Um, 
what's her name? The uh, Taylor Swinton. Taylor Swinton. She's funny in it. Uh, I, I, okay. I don't know what so else this, you want. This, this reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes nailed Francis it. Francis McDormand? I, I'm aware of the cast. I said it's got a great cast. Halfway. Richard this, Jenkins? I, oh, gosh. Elizabeth Marvel? She was, she's like Mrs. Marvel. I <laughs> So, so this uh, critic gets it right. It, this critic said, halfway between a good Coen Brothers movie and a terrible Coen Brothers movie. So, like, J.K. Simmons is a riot in it. And, like, there are good characters, interesting things, and, like, the, overall, the whole thing just left me cold. Didn't work. You're dumb. You're just... Uh, don't ever, you're not allowed to talk about movies anymore on this podcast. I'm dumb, huh? I, I beat you in the quiz. No, you didn't. I won the quiz. I knew that it was Portia de Rossi before you did. I was waiting for him to finish the question. You answered before he finished the question. I followed the rules. I don't because, even think I needed that question to win. Because, because, I, because as I learned in Bridge of Spies last night, you know what makes us Americans? One thing. One, one, one. The rule book. Big dicks. <laughs> Thomas. Yes, Chris. I have a really, really good idea. Uh, I mean, okay, go on. I, I didn't think of it. I don't even remember where we came up with it. Somewhere on Twitter. I believe it was a tweet. It was a tweet. Someone tweeted something about, oh, I, know, I don't know who it was, but I remember what it was, was that someone was like, yeah, so your hot take about movies is generally, not you, Thomas, but just in general, people is like crapping on movies that everybody loves. And he's like, well, what's actually harder is to take a movie that is uh, below, well, he said below 50%, but we're setting the number at 59%. 59% on Rotten Tomatoes is considered rotten, rotten not fresh. Um, 60% and up is fresh. But to take a movie that is considered rotten by critics and to actually defend that movie. That's a lot harder than crapping on something that everybody likes. Anybody sure. can do that. Anybody could take an 80 or 90% movie, um, Coen Brothers, you know, headlined by Academy Award winners, Francis McDormand and others, um, and just crap all over it. But to actually defend something that's generally disliked, that is something that's a lot more brave. So our idea kind of going forward is to find a movie – that is considered rotten by Rotten Tomatoes, fifty nine percent or lower, and uh, and to say this is actually good, and to watch it come on the show, and for us to to assess it. So all of us watch it. Follow up thoughts. Yeah, no, I when you started texting about this idea, like initially, I thought, no, there's no way that I can search, you know, based on movies that are. 59% or less on Rotten Tomatoes. We don't have but, the technology. But actually, there's a very simple way to do it. <laughs> they have a they have a slider on Rotten Tomatoes, and you can just slide it down to 59%. And it'll show you all the movies. And then I was like, okay, there's we can we can do something with this. I, no, I think it's a great idea. I really like the idea of just taking a movie that's considered rotten by the Rotten Tomatoes critics. And it, one of us or somebody else coming on and all of us watching that movie. And then that one person being like, no, this is this movie is great. And here's why. Or at least it's it's really good. And here's why. Uh, so the thing here is that it's not hard to find these movies either, because a lot of movies that we know that people like critics hate. Uh, so uh, the discrepancy, for example, I just pulled one up here, almost at random. I just clicked on it. Uh, the Lion King, it has a tomato meter, a critic score of 53, 53%. What? Really? It has, it has an audience score of 88. Which, okay, which Lion King? The 2019 yeah. one, of course. Okay. Okay. Well, that right. sucked, so. I think you want the original. That's not a good example. No. I haven't, not, I haven't they... found one yet that I would. That I would pick for all of us to watch, but there's probably one out there. Do we have anything else for this episode that we wanted to talk about? I think it's enough. 
Is Fassbender American? Where's he from? He's no, he's close enough. <laughs> he's close enough. He's basically an American. He does a great uh, impression of of Ashton Kutcher doing Steve Jobs. <laughs> he played Steve Jobs in a movie. He has to be American. Can't believe he's married to Alicia Vikander. Anyway, I can. Insane thing about Steve Jobs is that like he had every you know the top doctors at his disposal and they told him right away hey this is very treatable you just need to have surgery and have it removed and he was like no i think i need to go on an all fruit diet for a year and so (laughs) after a year of that they're like it's bad now (laughs) didn't do anything you need to have the surgery so finally has surgery and he has has the tumor removed and then when he wakes up they're like yeah in that year when you should have had the, the surgery. It spread. So it's much worse now. And he's still like, oh, I just need to stick to my all fruit diet. And they're like, no, you need to eat a lot. And he's like, no, uh, I need to stick on my all fruit diet. Is he an idiot? He is. When it came to food, like ever since he was in college, he thought that, that, that there was something magical about an all fruit diet. 